Support for the Zest comes from People's Gas, delivering clean, efficient, and affordable natural gas for cooking at home with precise temperature control. More at floridasenergy.com. I think a lot of people are intimidated by the process. And I will be completely honest, the process of making sourdough bread does take a lot longer overall than what a lot of people might be used to. But since sourdough baking uses natural wild yeast, it just it requires more time. However, it's easy to work that timing into your lifestyle. I'm Robin Sessingham, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and Southern charm, we're all about food in Florida. Today, a bakery owner talks about the magic of sourdough and how her community has rallied around her to help save her small business. Support for the Zest podcast comes from Seitenbacher brand natural foods like muesli cereals, oils, oatmeal, energy bars, gluten-free fruit gummies for the kids, organic coffee, and more. Available in supermarkets, health food stores, or online at seitenbacher.com. Have you found yourself wanting to bake bread while you're quarantining? I know I have. And Christina can owner of Gulf Coast Sourdough, says it's a real thing. Hundreds of people have asked her for some sourdough starter over the last several weeks. Part of the reason is that so many people are baking bread right now that there's been a run on instant yeast at the stores and it's hard to find right now. But sourdough uses wild yeast for leavening and wild yeast are all around us. Christine says eating sourdough bread is like taking a bite of history. We do everything with sourdough. All of our loaves are sourdough based. Um, Everything we do, even the sweet things that we do, we make cinnamon rolls, we make brownies, we make chocolate babkas. Um, They are all just leavened with sourdough starter. So it's all we do. (laughs) So tell me about sourdough. What makes sourdough different than other kinds of bread? Sure. Well, I can give a little explanation of what it means to bake um, with sourdough. So it's It's a technique. It's a technique for baking bread that uses natural yeast. So many people are familiar with buying a packet of instant yeast at the grocery store, and they use that to leaven their bread recipes. Sourdough baking is different. We don't use those packets of yeast or or things like that. Instead, we use yeast that lives in the natural environment all around us. So we all know that there are microscopic organisms living all around us. <laughs> now we know that more than ever. And um, <laughs> one of those <laughs> one of those organisms is called wild yeast. One of the good um, guys. Right, exactly. <laughs> one of the good guys. <laughs> the, the, one of the things that's beneficial to us as humans. Um, so what a sourdough baker does is we catch wild yeast to make a sourdough starter. And then we incorporate that starter into our bread recipes and bake bread that way. So um, this is an ancient way of baking. In fact, some of the most um, beloved recipes, bread recipes that we know of, were originally all sourdough recipes like challah bread or French baguettes or big Italian country loaves. Those were all leavened just with sourdough because that's all people knew how to do. And it wasn't until um, scientific breakthroughs and the Industrial Revolution 
that food scientists were able to isolate one specific strain of yeast that could make a loaf of bread really quickly. That's what has become the instant yeast that you see in the grocery stores today. And then they could replicate that on factory lines and churn out thousands and thousands of loaves. Yeah. So before the the advent of, of quick rising yeast, mm-hmm. people had to do it this way. They made a starter. Now let's talk about... Let's talk about a starter because catching wild yeast, you're not going around with a little, a tiny little net or anything like that. It, it's, they're just everywhere. They live on, on all surfaces. They live in the air. So Mm -hmm. it's basically, you put out, it's almost a trap. You put out something Mm -hmm. for them to eat, which is flour and water, Mm -hmm. and then they come to it. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's how we made our starter. Um, I I think it's been 11 years now that we've had our starter. And that's what we did. We put a mason jar out with a mixture of equal parts flour and water. And we just left it on our kitchen counter for a couple of days. And then eventually um, we saw some bubbles in it. So we knew that we had caught the wild yeast. Describing it as a trap is actually a really good analogy for it because you're trying to entice the wild yeast to come into this this mixture of flour and water which then they start to eat and then they start to populate within it and um you just keep feeding it it, it becomes kind of like a pet we have a name ours is named bilbo after the <laughs> lord of the rings character <laughs> you named your starter we have had bilbo for 11 years now he's older than both of our children <laughs> <laughs> so okay once you have starter too it's not like you can just make it and forget it you have to right. you have to feed it you have to take care of it so tell me about that process You do. And I think a lot of people tend to be intimidated by the idea of caring for a sourdough starter. Um, They kind of see it as maybe this giant undertaking and they have enough stuff to worry about and they don't want to worry about one more thing. But um, sourdough starters are actually very forgiving. We regularly have our starter at home. Like we have a lot of starter that we go through every day at the bakery, but we have a starter at home that we keep in our fridge for when we do want to do a little bit of baking at home. And you can leave it in the fridge for up to a month, completely neglected, completely unattended. And then when you're ready to start baking again, you can pull it out, feed it, revitalize it, and it's ready to go again. So it is like a pet, but it's almost like a a very low maintenance pet. Chia pet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you don't have to be feeding it every three hours or, or every single day or anything like that. You feed it when you need it and then you can store it when you're not. Well, so I'm one of these people who started panic baking. Um, when, when the quarantine started, that's when I decided I needed to start learning how to make sourdough bread. And I made my mm-hmm. starter. It only took Great. five days for it to start bubbling you it was what equal parts flour and water by weight and mm-hmm. then every day you feed it a little more anyway by the fifth day it was bubbling it was looking great it was rising yeah. it was doubling inside I can't tell you how excited I was it's it's very exciting it's so yeah it's exciting. like watching a birth <laughs> but I became overwhelmed because okay. you have to discard half your starter otherwise you're you, you're just having a tremendous amount of starter and I hated discarding it I thought, well, I'll just keep my old starter out on the counter. So then I had like three containers of starter and then I became overwhelmed. I was making sourdough popovers. I did make a sourdough Uh loaf of bread. Uh 
But then I became a little, I, I like didn't feed it for two days and it smelled really bad and then it died. Oh, so, oh no. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, it wasn't in the fridge. It was just sitting out. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So what mm-hmm. did I do? I just like let it, it just let it die because I guess it didn't have enough to eat. Sure. Well, I, a lot of people tend to have that kind of experience too, where they start it and then they, they quickly get overwhelmed like you um, <laughs> felt like with your starter. Um, so yeah, we do have a lot of good tips for using that discard. Um, the other thing too is that, um, like I said, you can store it and, and people tend to get a little off put by the appearance of a starter when you have not used it in a while. So like I mentioned, we have a starter that we keep at home in the fridge and we'll often neglect it for weeks at a time. And then it, it grows this liquid on top and it kind of looks weird and you're not sure if it's safe to eat or anything like that. Sometimes it looks black, sometimes it looks gray or beige. Mm. Um, and that is actually completely normal. That is literally hooch. Like the term hooch for alcohol, that is where that term came from. It's the, yeah, it's the alcoholic liquid on top of a sourdough starter. It indicates that the starter is hungry, um, but it doesn't mean that it has died. So what you can do or what we do is we just mix that right back into the sourdough starter and feed it again, the equal parts of flour and water. And then um, it's it's good to go. I mean, s- starters do die. There's not there's not an immortal tip no. to a starter. But and, overall. And you can tell. I mean, you know, it smelled yeah. bad. And, and so I threw it out. And I'm, but I, I do want to give it another try. But this time sure. I think maybe I should just put it in the fridge until I actually want to bake. Yeah. And especially when it gets to that point where it's bubbling and it looks healthy, um, use it to bake and then honestly feed it and put it in the fridge and you can leave it in there. We've left it up for a month or so without having to worry about it. We often um, describe our sourdough starters as a bear. So, you know, a bear hibernates during the winter. That's when your sourdough starter is in the fridge during the cold winter. And it wants to be fed right before it goes into the fridge. So that's when you would feed it right before it goes into hibernation. And then when you pull it out of the fridge, you feed it again because it's going to be really hungry after hibernation too. But then, you know, all summer and spring and fall long, the bear is doing what what it's supposed to be doing. And then you feed it again and it goes into hibernation again. Why do you love sourdough bread? You've got a whole business. Um, I mean, it's your life. You know, what is yeah. it, what is it that, that has just enthralled you to, to this type of baking? So there are a couple of different reasons. The first is that um, sourdough baking just has a depth of flavor that you you just can't find when you're baking with instant yeast. Um, pe- people love our cinnamon rolls at the bakery. We are kind of famous for our sourdough cinnamon rolls. And they tell us they're so different from any cinnamon roll that they've ever had in the past. And it's because of the sourdough that's in the cinnamon rolls. It just... It develops the flavor. It stays with you. It stays on your tongue longer. And it's just incomparable when you compare it to a, a, a cinnamon roll that's made with instant yeast. The other thing that is really appealing to me is that when you take a bite of sourdough bread, it's like taking a bite into history. Like I mentioned before, humans evolved with sourdough. Ancient recipes were all sourdough-based. And that's just the way that we were meant to eat bread. There are so many people today who have issues with a type of gluten that is found in mass-produced breads. 
But we have a really devoted following of people at the bakery who are sensitive to breads with the instant yeast and the quick gluten, but they can eat our long fermented sourdough breads with no issue. And it's because we use these ancient processes to make breads that humans were meant to eat. Um, so it's just, it's delicious. It's better for you. It's just, it's all around superior to, to baking with instant yeast. Does it matter what kind of flour you use? Oh, I'm, I was stuck at home quarantining, and so mm-hmm. all I have is all-purpose flour, and I made it with that. It was delicious. It turned out sure. great, but mm-hmm. it didn't, I mean, it wasn't whole wheat flour. It didn't, you know, it looked like white bread with a great crust, honestly. So okay. what, what, I mean, do you find that the type of flour you use is important? What do you use? We use unbleached and unbromated flour. Um, so we use King Arthur brand at the bakery. Luckily, King Arthur also has a availability in grocery stores during normal times. And um, th- those are the key things that you want to look for, unbleached and unbromated. When people try to bake sourdough with flour that has been bleached, um, it tends to not work out well. I won't say it never works out, but the the sourdough starter needs um, a more pure flour, a more whole flour, one that hasn't been as chemically processed. So we use um, unbleached, unbromated flour, and we use bread flour. Um, I think the King Arthur sells their bread flour in stores. Gold Metal also has one that's called Better for Bread Flour, mm-hmm. um, and those ones are the more high-gluten flour. When you bake with a high-gluten flour for bread, it helps to provide the structure um, in the bread so that it doesn't collapse and so that it proofs and rises properly. But all-purpose flour works well as well. If that's all that you have on hand, you can make a delicious loaf of bread using all-purpose flour. Whole wheat flour is great, too. You can incorporate whole wheat. You can incorporate other whole grains. There's a lot of interest in um, other grains like rye or einkorn or spelt. Um, These are all whole grains that you can easily incorporate into sourdough baking. They love that, too. In fact, when you use more whole wheat flour um, for your sourdough baking, you tend to get a tangier flavor because the sourdough starter loves those more unprocessed flours, which is what whole wheat flours are. Okay, because Mm -hmm. mine wasn't very sour at all, which Mm -hmm. I loved because I don't, uh, you know, I don't particularly like the real, real sour sourdough. But that Mm -hmm. is that why, because I didn't use the whole wheat, the whole wheat may, may make it a little more of that of that traditional sour flavor yeah yeah when you mentioned using all-purpose flour and it made kind of like a really nice delicious white bread with a great crust that's exactly what all-purpose flour would be meant to do with a sourdough starter it may have had like a mild very mild tang or something like that if you had used bread flour it probably would have been even a little bit more tangy just because of the high gluten content but then if you use whole wheat flours or like einkorn or spelt or rye or those other things as well that's where you get the tangiest flavor so the more whole the grain then the more tangy your recipe will come out okay all right so what is your biggest piece of advice to someone who wants to try this who wants to get started baking sourdough Sure. I think a lot of people are intimidated by the process. Um, And 
I will be completely honest, the process of making sourdough bread does take a lot longer overall than what a lot of people might be used to with baking it with the instant dry yeast. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you think of a factory produced white bread, those, those machines are mixing and baking bread in an hour and their dough is more like a soupy batter than it is a bread dough. Um, but since sourdough baking uses natural wild yeast, it just, it requires more time. Um, however, it's easy to work that timing into your lifestyle. We actually, we talk about this a lot in our classes, promote what we call the sourdough lifestyle because you can easily fit sourdough baking into what you're already doing. Um, a lot of the process is hands off. So it takes maybe like five or 10 minutes to mix up your recipe and then you let it rise for several hours, but that's all unattended time. You know, you can just leave it on your counter. If you're going off to work for the day, you leave it on the counter all day and you come home, um, you get it ready to shape it and then proof it and then bake it. So um, we actually find sourdough baking to be a lot more forgiving in timing than baking with instant yeast because mm. the instant yeast, that is on a clock. That is on a timer. You have to mix it at this exact time and you have to proof it at this exact time and get it in the oven. And so you're a lot more tied to the kitchen than you would be if you were baking with sourdough starter. And it's a lot more forgiving too. If you end up, you know, getting home from work and it's been a rough day and you're like, you know what, I just want to get takeout tonight. I'm not interested in baking this loaf of bread. <laughs> you can just cover it up, stick it in the fridge and bake it the next day. It's generally very forgiving and it will only, that additional time will actually only make it more flavorful and make it develop even more. Oh, the other okay. Question, the other question we often get, so we give out sourdough starter at our bakery and it's just, it's a learning process, which we recognize. Um, people ask us questions like, okay, so I have this amount of starter. Will this just make one loaf of bread? But since your sourdough starter is, it's a living organism, you can feed it as much as you need to create the amount of starter that you will need for however many loaves of bread you want to make. And then you put it back in the fridge and then you take it out again when you're ready. So it's a perpetual source of yeast for your bread baking. Um, it's not a finite amount. So you, you do what you need to do to get as much as you need for your baking. And you said there has been a lot of interest in your starter. Recently. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. So we have always given away sourdough starter, even when we were just selling our breads at farmer's markets before we had our shop. Um, people would get in touch with us. We would give them sourdough starter. Since we opened the shop, we would maybe get one or two people per week who would come in and ask us for starter. But in the past month, we've given out at least 200 jars of sourdough <laughs> starter to folks, which is amazing. I yeah. mean, first of all, we view it as a really great way to build the sourdough community here in the Tampa Bay area. Um, we are so excited to see people getting into sourdough baking for the first time. I think that people right now are kind of in a resilient frame of mind, you know, given everything that's going on right now, learning to care for a sourdough starter and learning to bake sourdough breads really speaks to people in a very deep way. It's part of our collective history and we're getting back to our roots and our self-sufficiency and sourdough baking is really appealing and it has the benefit of being absolutely delicious. <laughs> That's so true. Christina, not only did I start the sourdough starter, but then I started a 
compost pile. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I've been composting for years. It's amazing, right? Oh, well, let's see if I keep it up, you know. But, yeah, it's it's funny. And they. I don't think – I mean, I'm thinking how generous you are to – you're encouraging other people to learn to bake in a way. I mean, that's competition for your business. But if it's anything, what I've discovered, I mean, I baked the two loaves of sourdough bread and I was like, well, I mean, it took me from the time I started the starter. It was basically a week long process until mm-hmm. I was ready to make the bread. And then the bread itself was quite, you know, quite, it took what, um, I don't remember if it took probably all day, yeah, you know? all, all day or two days mm-hmm. even. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought now I really appreciate, you know, going to the bakery and getting a beautiful loaf of sourdough bread. That's yeah. That's done. I mean, this yeah. would be great once in a while, but mm-hmm. you know, sure. I don't think it's yeah. going to, what I'm saying is I don't think it's going to put you out of business. <laughs> <laughs> well, it hasn't so far, <laughs> you know, we've only grown, which has been amazing. Yeah, and so, um, I guess yeah, more I think people who know that it's good, you know, that, right. how, what it tastes yeah. like and that it's good for yes. you. And like you said, that it's easier on the stomach for some reason, mm-hmm. I guess okay. the gluten is more processed, more digested or I don't really know yes. the exact scientific so, reason. Yeah. It's, it's the long fermentation process. So, so since it requires that long, long rising time, it breaks down the gluten more so than, um, than a quicker bread does. And that process is what, um, allows people who have a sensitivity to gluten to eat sourdough breads usually without any issue. If somebody has been, you know, diagnosed celiac, then any gluten is not going to be good for them. But there are a lot of folks who come to, into our shop and they say, you know, I just, I was on a vacation to Europe last summer and I could eat all the bread over there just fine. I come back here and it's giving me problems. And then they find us and then their problems go away. And it's because we use those processes that European bakers use and it breaks down the gluten and it allows people to digest it a lot more easily than um, other breads do. So, Christina, how are you selling now? Um, is, is it, um, are you shipping? Is it online ordering? How, how are you getting your bread to people? Sure. Well, we are open at the Sandwich House in Seminole Heights um, as a food service provider. And also we supply grocery stores with bread. So we're considered an essential business right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we are encouraging call-in orders so people can call us and, you know, get their loaves of bread. We started selling flour and eggs, um, those kinds of pantry essentials at our shop as well, since those have been harder to come by in the grocery stores. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, we encourage people to to call us, to come on by the sandwich house. We've taken a lot of precautions to limit the number of people who are in there at one time and make sure that we're sanitizing everything very frequently. Um, and honestly, I will say too that the community has been absolutely amazing. We're in Seminole Heights. This community, it just, it, it truly gives me chills. We've had so many folks come in who, from regulars who were coming in once or twice a week before all of this started to people who are brand new coming in and they're committed to supporting local businesses and helping to make sure that we can survive this current climate that we're in. So that has been absolutely just inspiring and wonderful. Oh, I'm so Um, glad to hear that. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. It's been, it's been so great, which is good because, you know, we're a bakery. We have multiple revenue streams. The sandwich shop is one of them. The bakery, like our retail bakery is one of them, but we supply bread for about 40 restaurants throughout the area. And those orders have gone down by about 80%. Um, all the farmer's markets we do, we were doing at least one or two every weekend. Those have all been canceled. So for the community to rally around local businesses like us, it's been just absolutely amazing life-saving oh yeah life-saving for sure we've been able to keep our staff employed um you know keep the lights on and also meet new folks who are really loving our sourdough baking i think a lot of people have gotten into sourdough baking like we were discussing and they have searched online and found that there's a sourdough bakery resource here in tampa that they can come in and we love chatting with people about their baking projects and the best ways to do it. We've added a page to our website with resources for maintaining your sourdough starter, a simple sourdough recipe, um, all sorts of things. So it's just, it's, it's been a challenging time for sure, but it's also been an inspiring time. So right now, how are you feeling? I mean, you know, are you going to survive this? We are doing our best <laughs> to survive this. We um, are just very committed to to keeping going. We've really had, like I said, a great response from the community. That's helped us along when we first were thinking about like, oh, well, we need, we need to close. We know so many of our restaurant friends have had to close um, or dramatically reduce their operations or lay off their staff. Um, we are sourdough people, so we are resilient. <laughs> we are <laughs> tough and trying to work through this environment, but I'm, I'm feeling pretty optimistic, honestly. I'm so glad to hear it. I wish you the best of luck, Christina. Where can people find you online? Online, we're at golfcoastsourdough.com. You can also find us on our Facebook page, which is under Gulf Coast Sourdough. We have been doing a lot of baking videos on there in the past couple days, and we're putting them on YouTube as well. Our YouTube channel is Gulf Coast Sourdough. And the videos that we're doing, we're doing them from our home kitchen in our bungalow in Seminole Heights. We have two young daughters. We have a seven-year-old and a three-year-old, and they are in the videos with us, uh, mixing up their dough and asking us questions <laughs> in the middle of things. So we're trying to um, help people not be so intimidated by the sourdough baking process and see that they can do it even if they've got little ones running around or um, you know they, they feel like they don't have time to take this on. It, we try to help people understand that this is something that you can do and we're here to help you along with it. That was Christina Can, owner of Gulf Coast Sourdough. You'll find Christina's recipe for sourdough bread on our website, thezestpodcast.com. Coming up next week, we talk about real Florida cracker cooking and get the lowdown on sweet potato pie. Don't miss it. You can subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts or at thezestpodcast.com. I'm Robin Sussingham. Dalia Colon and I produce The Zest for WUSF Public Media. Our contributors include Janet Keeler, Mark Hayes, and Cheyenne Jaglau.